The e-commerce fuel podcast is sponsored by Shopify, the car I use and love because it eliminates frustrating technical and server problems. Like a magenta logging issue I had before we switched over that brought our store to a crawl and required the better part of a day to troubleshoot. What's the only thing better than eliminating tech headaches? Making more money. And Shopify can help there too. We experienced a whopping 41% increase in conversion after moving our store to Shopify from Magento. So quit fighting with servers and make more money. You can learn how at shopify.com. Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, your headquarters for building a six figure plus e-commerce business. I'm your host, e-commerce entrepreneur and Jeff Bezos wannabe, Andrew Derry. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thank you for joining me today on the show. Today on the show, going to be talking about what to be thinking about when you're considering selling a business, you know, how to prepare for that. If you should be selling bad reasons to sell a business, going to be talking about all those different issues and joining me back from uh, his sabbatical had some terrible excuse, like he had a new daughter or something. Mr. Drew Sanaki. Drew, welcome, man. Hey, good to be here. Good to have you back. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the sleep fatigue is setting in, as, as you can tell. Yep. yep. Very so tough. we're going to be getting into the nuts and bolts of selling businesses. But of course, first have to do a first sale shout out. And this one's going out to Jenny Kringle from CamoNow.com, where they sell Army Surplus Tactical and Police Gear as well as serve the paintball and the airsoft community. So got all, all sorts of stuff going on and didn't get all the details, but I think they, uh, they work with our, our friends, Charlie and Eric over at videoreviewlab.com and they just had their first sale. So Jenny, congratulations. That's, that's awesome. And you've got a good, uh, a good video crew there that you're working with. So with that being said, let's go ahead and without further ado, dive into today's discussion on selling a business. So I want to talk about 10 things to consider today when you're thinking about selling your business. And real quickly, uh, to give you some background on uh, kind of our experience with it, Drew, let's dive in. Can you share just real briefly what your background is in terms of uh, business uh, acquisitions and or sales? Sure. I, um, like many people listening, I started a dropship retailer a while back in 2003. And uh, about eight or nine years in, I, I sold my business. And it was a great experience for me. It's the first business I ever sold. Since then, I've been more involved in buying and selling businesses on the uh, the private equity side. I, I consult for about three different private equity funds uh, that are involved in buying e-commerce businesses, so buying them and uh, growing them and optimizing them. And on my side, really, I've only had one business sell as well, but it was uh, about back a year ago, and, and some of you will probably remember, sold trolling motors. Dot net. And so that's, uh, that's kind of the experience that I've had. And then prior to that, kind of in the financial world, it worked investment banking and had a chance to see kind of behind the scenes for some, some much larger business acquisitions and, and sales as well. So, so the number one point I want to want to start with is if you're thinking about selling a business, you really want to sell before you need to. You know, if you get to the point where you absolutely have to sell, 
it's probably not going to be <laughs> going to work out the best for you. You want to sell when, when revenues and profits are on the upswing. You want to you know sell when the market is good. And it gets so much harder and more expensive in terms of the loss of value you have to sell a business that's stalling or declining. And so it's always something you want to be thinking about. You don't, even if you're in a position now where, where you don't, yeah, you know, you wouldn't necessarily take an offer today. You want to be thinking about that because you need to be thinking about that, you know, six months or 12 months out if you don't want to take a huge haircut on the business. Irony is that's the last time you actually step back and think about selling a business. I think is when, is when things are going so well. You know, for us, our best year was 2006 or 2007, like right before the downturn. And at that point, we were making so much every year, you know, off of just our cash flow and and growth that, you know, you look at the multiples for an e-commerce business and you say, you know, why would I, why would I sell this? I'm going to make this much <laughs> next year in profit. And of course, like the next year when revenue gets cut in half and you, you basically have to reboot the business, uh, you wish you had sold, you know, the year prior. Yeah, it's tough. And it, of course, like anything, it's you're making judgments calls and trying to read the future. But it's always, I think, thinking through the implications to a multiple too, because if you sell, a, if you have a business that's on the upswing and you're growing, you're probably going to see a multiple in the you know two and a half to three x range is much more likely. But if you have a business that is declining or has a couple of years of declines, even one to two years, uh, what do you think, Drew? That, I mean, the multiple of definitely sub two, <laughs> maybe one and a half, yeah. closer to one. Yep, yep. You say a growing e-commerce business gets two to three, which is, which is accurate for, I would say, an e-commerce business maybe under, like, say, five million bucks in, in revenue. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's still low. I mean, that's super low compared to SaaS or content companies or things like that. SaaS, you see multiples of, like, eight times. Really? They're that high? Yeah. Well, that's at least great. now they are. Everybody wants SaaS these days. In the huge bubble that we're in, according yes. to Mark yes. Cuban. <laughs> um, it's, funny. it's always funny. Maybe we should record some of these these pre pre call uh, discussions. But we were just talking before we hopped on about how so many traditional investments today, stocks, bonds, other things, we're just looking at it and we're just nothing's looking appealing. That's kind of maybe a different discussion. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, maybe we'll save the bubble discussion for a, for a different podcast. But yeah, but I think you know on the multiples issue or question, I think that um, there's a really good book out there by John Warlow called Built to Sell. I think you pronounce his last name Warlow. I read it when I was selling my business, and I, I recommend it to anybody who is thinking of selling a business. He divides buyers into two categories, financial buyers and strategic buyers. The financial buyers are the ones that you know will just look at your cash flow or look at your EBITDA, slap a multiple on it, and say, you know, okay, I'm going to buy this business. This is how much it's going to cost me to run. This is the kind of return I'm going to get. They look at it much like it's another stock on the stock market or you know bond. The strategic buyers are the ones that ideally you want to find them. Those are the ones who may see something in your business that they don't have and that they have been wanting to build themselves or acquire. And that's when kind of that that two to three multiple, like that's when those multiples go out the window and you can find somebody who will pay a, you know, a 10 times multiple if you're lucky. So the goal is, you know, are there strategic buyers that would be interested in buying your business for which you can get a much higher multiple? 
Yeah. So, so someone, if you have an e-commerce business, if you can find a supplier maybe who wants to get into the retail side of things or somebody, yeah, a natural plug in there. And because a lot of times they're looking at, even if the market will only support a two to three X for financial, if they have to look at, oh, heck, it costs us, it costs us four to five X to build this out on our own and or there's huge cost savings there that's going to make more sense for them and might up their, up their price. Yeah. So that is, that's kind of like a reason one point, you know, one B or one A and <laughs> like in our list of 10 reasons to sell or, or not to sell. And it's, if you see if these bigger strategic players in your market becoming sort of acquisitory, you know, where they're, they're gobbling up little players. I mean, that might also be a, a reason to sell. Like, like there might be a window now, it, it, you know, which has nothing to do with how you feel internally, emotionally about selling your business or how you're doing. But just the fact that, you know, hey, your biggest competitor just got gobbled up by another big player. That means you can go present yourself to, you know, one of the remaining big players in your market and try to sell. Yeah. And continuing to go off our outline here. <laughs> no, this is good because it's something I thought too. Just what you touched on, like you don't, I can't, I heard a talk of somebody saying they sold a business. Maybe it was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was at one of the, the Dynamite Circle events. But the person who was talking mentioned, you know, when you get an offer to sell your business, don't assume that offer is going to come back again in the future because a lot of things have to line up for an offer to come in or for you to be able to sell a business. You got to have good market conditions. You got to have financials that are on the upswing if you want to get a decent deal for it. You know, there's all these things that can shift. And so it's kind of going back to sell before you need to, even if you're not ready to sell that day, you need to think, thinking through what the chances are you want to sell in the future and the possibility of you having the opportunity to do that, I think is really important. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Number two, sell when you're not comfortable with any major risk factors. You know, there's a reason why sub $5 million e-commerce companies sell for two to three times earnings <laughs> versus earnings versus almost. like a publicly traded company. Right. Exactly. Right. Where you it's know. 20 times, you know, or 25 times a PE ratio. Yeah. Or, you know, all of, they're all over the place for, for companies, but for public companies, but there's a, I think there's a lot of major risk factors. I mean, did you think about that, Drew, when you were selling design public? Like, were there things where you're just like, yeah, maybe we'll run, maybe this will run great for the next three to four years, or maybe it's going to hit the fan next year? Well, you know, a major downturn definitely <laughs> educates you about risk. And I think in, in 06 and 07, when we were doubling every year and life was good, I did not conceive of the possible risks. I just kind of figured we'd grow forever at that pace. And, and now looking back, I just see the, the risk in all businesses, I think a lot more clearly having lived through it, you know, a situation where my revenue got cut in half. I think that risk is there and most business owners probably underestimate it. And, um, you know, just think big picture, you probably would come out ahead if you can iterate quicker you know, there are probably more entrepreneurs who would agree with me that if they had sold early and often, they might have done financially better than if, you know, if they held on to their businesses. Yeah. And looking at internal, internal factors too. I mean, if you're really heavily dependent on one main traffic source or one main supplier or, or something like that, I mean, those are things where, again, maybe it'll be great for the next four to five years, or maybe Google wipes you out. Maybe a supplier decides they want to stop supplying you with product. You know, so those are the kind of things I think are important to think through, think through too. Mm-hmm. Number three, sell when two plus two equals three. And this kind of touches on a, a podcast that, uh, that Bill and I talked about running multiple businesses. But, you know, if you've got a business and it's just sucking away your attention from something that's more important to you or something that's more lucrative, has more potential, it's a great time 
to sell. And Drew, you were kind of running Design Public as your primary gig, so this probably wasn't as much of an issue for you, right? Right, right. But, you know, I get it. There's always an opportunity cost is probably what you should be thinking, you know. And, and at some point, the opportunity cost becomes too big. And, I, you know, for me, I, I looked in the mirror, and after running something for nine years, I began to think, well, I don't know if this is the business that's going to be, you know, my, my $100 million business. So I've already sunk 10 years into it. I, I just started to think in terms of, like, maybe the opportunity cost is a little bit higher now. There are other opportunities I want to go after in my life. So I think in my case, like I did, you know, the opportunity cost did sort of weigh in the back of my mind. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, the shiny object syndrome, but also thinking through sometimes a business model that you get in on after years and years, it's, it can work great, but you feel like you've got the ability to do something at a, at a bigger scale or, or on a different level. And sometimes, sometimes a business just can't grow beyond a certain level, no matter how much time you work on it, either based on the size of the market or, or the business model itself. So number four, sell when you see difficulty maintaining a competitive advantage. So, you know, things like how is your ability to create and build a distinguished brand and a unique, a unique reputation in the marketplace? Do you have a proprietary product? Like if you can't look down the road and see really being able to create that mode around your business in the, in the, in the coming years might be a good time to consider selling. I can't comment on this because the people who bought my business might be listening. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, would, I agree with this one. Uh, uh, you know, not, it's not like I saw writing on the wall in my case, but there's certainly like macro trends, like a big one being the rise of Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. that the rise of a major player that's coming into your space that impact your idea of like how possible it is to double this company going forward. So yeah, when you see those macro trends and, uh, you don't think they're favorable, you might want to consider selling. And I should, I should add the disclaimer that there are, there are just as many macro trends that may represent opportunities. For a frank, non-censored interview with Drew Snaki, please join the <laughs> private forums and we'll have one of those yeah. in the next week. <laughs> I'll see you in the forums. <laughs> um, number five, sell when you've emotionally lost your commitment to the business. And this is one of those ones, Drew, where a lot of times maybe you're looking at a, you know, you're looking at a prospectus, you're looking at a business. And it's one of those, those reasons that I feel like always people list like, oh, I'm not into it anymore. And, and for a while I was like, what a lame excuse. Like who isn't into a business that's just spewing out cash and they want to sell it for like a two and a half multiple. That seems lame. But I feel like I've, I've maybe come to empathize with the position, you know, a little bit more, especially after selling like trolling motors, it was just something that I didn't have a fire for it anymore. And I felt like I either need to sell it and have someone else run with it, or it was going to decay over time if I didn't, you know, get someone, either myself or someone else with emotional buy-in. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Is that a legit reason? Or do you think it's one that people use to, to kind of, uh, to hide other, other motives? Uh, no, I think it's a legit reason. I know I, I, I certainly had lost that commitment. I think my business partner had too. And you just kind of realize when you're going into the office in the morning, like your, your heart's not in it and life is short. Why not focus on something that gets you excited? Number six, you want or need to change your lifestyle. And this is, this is one I think is, is actually has a lot of merit to it. Uh, if you've got a business and you're running a warehouse and you're tired of managing people and, and your packers, you know, a packer every week for the last, or heck, your sales manager, anyone for the last week has been not showing up and playing hooky. You're just sick of the infrastructure, the overhead of selling a business, man, sell it, you know, um, 
we've, I mean, Drew, you and I have talked about some of the downsides of drop shipping, but I'll tell you what, it sure is a nice model for lifestyle business, um, even though it's got some, some downsides in, in other areas. Yeah, it was. I, you know, I didn't have to deal with that warehouse, but there was still the managing people. There's the, um, the stress that you have just, you know, when you go to bed at night, if you're still stressed about your competition, you know, you may want to opt like, like I did for something on the op- opposite end of the spectrum and just having no employees for a while. Yeah. And Seth Godin, I think talked about this. He at least, I don't know if this is the case still today, but I remember at least oh, maybe a year ago or something. He, of course, he built up like Squidoo and other businesses and managed a bunch of people. And now, or again, at least a year ago by design, I don't think he had any employees. I think it was just him writing on his blog and doing some other things and intentionally really paring down kind of the, the overhead commitments that he had. And could he make more money if he brought on a huge team? Yeah. He, well, I don't know. He does pretty well. Maybe he could have, but he intentionally narrowed his focus and, and narrowed the number of responsibilities he had because he enjoyed it a lot more. Yep. Yeah. All right. So those are, those are top six. I want to transition into some of the reasons not to sell a business. So number seven, don't sell a business if you're struggling to get traction and you want to start something different. And this is kind of a nuanced point because, you know, it, it, this could be a fair judgment. You really could have a business model that is just, it's not a good model. There's not a good uh, underlying foundation there to build up a, a profitable business. But you got to be careful because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You want to make sure it's a, a problem with the business model and not with your effort or your time frame. I remember with, with Right Channel Radios, like the first six months, about five, six months into it, I was like, oh man, this is really slow going. This is so hard to do all this marketing work and SEO. And oh, maybe I'll just start another business and I'll double my chances of success by getting that other one going. And thank goodness I didn't do that because the problem wasn't with the model as much as it was with, man, starting a business is just tough. Yeah, it's really tough and requires a lot of focus for a long period of time. And, um, you know, in many ways this goes, it's the flip side of a reason we discussed earlier, you know, where you might want to, you might want to change your lifestyle because it's hard. That's a reason to sell, but if it's also hard and you haven't found success, that's not a reason to sell. <laughs> so if we've confused you, I don't know the answer there. You know, at some point you, you make the call whether you think it's, it's worth selling or not. I mean, maybe it has to do with in the early days, if you, if you haven't seen success, it's time, you know, stick with it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I kind of want to take this part out, Andrew, because I don't know where I'm going with this. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I hear what you're saying. And it, it is. Maybe I, maybe we did have back to back things. And in terms of you want to change your, you want need to change your lifestyle at point number six. I think that was more of, like you mentioned, if you've had success and it's a profitable business, but you just, you're not enjoying running anymore or, or the, the business that has been successful is putting constraints on the way that you want to live. I think that's very different from, this is not, you know, as you know, if you listen, this is not the building a business is super easy, buy our ebook and you'll be rich in 20 days kind of thing. It's tough, man. You got to sacrifice a lot for, I've never met an entrepreneur who's got a successful business that hasn't really, really put, you know, a lot of skin on the game, you know, years. And right. so it's, yeah, I think that's, but that, that's very different um, than, than the previous one. So I hear what you're saying, Drew. Yeah. Number eight, another reason not to sell a business. If you're losing money, you know, sometimes you'll see people who they've got a business that's just bleeding or hemorrhaging cash, but either based on the, the potential they see for it or the fact they've sunk a ton of money into it, whatever the reason, instead of trying to just shut it down and stop the blood flowing, they, they're trying to fix it or sell it. And there may be a few rare exceptions. Like if you've 
if you're losing money and you have some, you're a major brand with a ton of, uh, you know, brand equity and, and recognition, or you have a lot of traffic, but you just can't monetize that. Okay. Well, maybe it's worth talking to somebody about selling, but in most cases, especially for smaller businesses, you know, that we talk about, just shut it down. Stop the bleeding. <laughs> what do you think, Drew? Yeah, there's this expression, don't catch falling daggers. And, you know, when your business is hemorrhaging cash, like mine was in 2007, nobody's going to catch that falling dagger. You know, you're certainly not going to get any sort of premium for it. You might be able to sell off the assets or something. But if you see a path to turning that business around, by all means do it. You are going to fetch a much higher valuation if you do. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you mentioned... This is interesting, like a little bit of a counterpoint to what I just said. You in 2007, were you guys in decline or did you actually lose, were you actually losing money in 07? Because if you were actually losing money in 07, you, you obviously came through, built it back up and had a, a very profitable exit on that. But uh, what made you, were you losing money and what made you decide to stick with it? I think, well, we didn't lose money because we laid off some people and we cut our costs. So if we hadn't done that, we would have been losing money. But you know, traffic, revenue, everything sort of got cut in half. Traffic because we, we did a, a horrendous magento migration in the middle of it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, and sort of fell, like fell out of the search engines for a period of months. But, you know, so I don't think we were ever technically losing money. We probably, my partner and I weren't taking much out of the business at that point, but we knew we couldn't sell that. I mean, nobody would buy that business. So we'd have to just prove out the model a little bit and grow it for a couple of years. We figured, you know, three, if we could show three years of growth from that point forward, then we could sell the business. Got you. Number nine, another reason not to sell a business if you need money fast. If you need money fast, I mean, you, you can sell a business for probably, a you know, and get cash quickly, but man, you are going to take an enormous haircut on the price of the business. Yep. If, you, if, you, if you're looking at like an ATM need to move quickly. So, you know, if at all possible, really try other options. I'm very anti-debt, but man, face between taking a 40% haircut on the value of your business versus taking a 5 10% loan out for, for six months if you need something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, even the anti-debt, Dave Ramsey part of me says, man, maybe consider that, that loan if that's, that's where you're looking at. So, yep. yeah. Not a reason to sell. Not a reason to sell. And then finally, number 10, don't sell your business, or at least definitely think twice about it if you haven't been planning for it. So, and this kind of goes back into the mindset also of you should always try to be running your business as if you're going to sell, kind of alluding back to the, the book that you were talking about, Drew. If you're planning on selling, you can get a much higher value if you make certain different decisions. And so, let's, for example, I'm kind of being vague here, but if you know you're going to sell in a year, you probably don't want to invest crazy amounts of money into long-term branding or long-term infrastructure things that are going to take a huge hit in the short term, but are going to help you in the three to five year range because you're just going to lose all of that value of your net income, which is applied a multiple to, and, and you're not going to see the benefits. So, and you got to be careful here. You don't want to gut the business. You don't want to do anything that's unethical or is going to leave a buyer with uh, you know, a business that isn't on a good foundation. But limiting your short-term expenditures, as long as you're doing it honestly, can really increase the income and the sale price you get. Right, right. Yeah. Did you guys do that, Drew, when you got ready to sold? Did you, was that something where you were really like that last year, you were probably thinking about it. Were you looking at every penny you spent being like, oh man, do we really, does this really need to go out the door? I don't know. Yeah. I think it was more, well, we were definitely planning on it. We were planning for years and that took the form of sort of just really proactive 
drafting operating procedures for everything we did, writing it all up in a wiki. We really wanted to make the business turnkey so that we could hand it off to a, a new buyer because we, that would be the number one question any buyer would ask is like, what's it going to take to run this business? And our, we wanted our answer to be, you know what, like not much. Here, here's the playbook and hear how it's done. So we did a lot of preparation there. But on the, I guess on the like accounting side of things in terms of reining in expenses to show more profitability, I don't think we, we did a whole lot. I mean, there weren't really any major investments in the dropship retail world, right? Like if maybe if we had been considering developing our own product and, and holding it in our, in our own warehouse, we would have held off on something like that. But uh, really for the most part, you know, it was business as usual. You know, we wanted to sell this dropship retail cash machine. And so we, we tried to stick, stick to that. So that's it. 10 reasons to either consider selling or not selling a business. Drew, hopefully in the next, you know, five, 10 years, we'll have a couple more of these to be able to talk about. We'll have to come back and, and do another one and talk about how, you know, who knows, maybe two or the three of these we totally botched and yep. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be able to revisit them in the future. Drew, as always, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Anytime. That's going to do it for this week. But if you're interested in launching your own e-commerce store, download my free 55-page ebook on niche selection and getting started. And if you're a bit more experienced, look into the e-commerce fuel private forum. It's a vetted community for store owners with at least 4,000 in monthly sales or industry professionals with at least a year or more experience in the e-commerce space. You can learn more about both the ebook and the form at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.